another special OTT review edition of the Chair Shop Podcast. We have a whopper of a show from Tivoli Theatre to discuss. It was the June 2nd event, uh, a haven for monsters. It is just myself, Barry, and Paul here to dissect this. <laughs> we're, in, we're in attendance. Paul and uh, his brother and the lovely Nat were in the stage. Uh, I was on the floor. And I think uh, before we get into the show, I think the big elephant in the room to discuss both before, during, and very much after the show, the uh, the big talking point has been the uh, the old Tivoli Theatre uh, mm-hmm. uh, and its future. That's where we were for this show. It was another, atmosphere-wise, it was another splendid evening at the wrestling. It really was a, a, a top-notch. It was the quintessential Tivoli experience in terms of the... The wacky chance. It might be. It might have been the best crowd I've ever seen at the Tivoli. I think from I think from start be. to finish, just nonstop. There was there was Fun. there was like we'll we'll go through the car, but there was so much, and it was it was one of those things where I said to some pals afterwards, I was like, not to toot our own horn. I'm not just saying this to the sake saying it. I don't think this show happens anywhere else in the world. You know no. what I mean? Like the uh, with some some of the things specifically that happened. It was it was phenomenal. But uh, so they have confirmed that the July show, July seventh, with the return of Walter, uh, that will almost certainly be the last Tivoli show of this year. They are negotiating to try and get Defiant Two, which would be an all women's show. They're trying to get that set for October, but that is not set in stone. And uh, that will then be it for the year. And then I believe the last thing they said was that there will probably be a final Tivoli show in 2019. And that, and that will be it. it, Because, uh, of course, that building is being destroyed. And uh, so, like, on the one hand, you might be like, oh, that's sad. It, you know, incredible venue, incredible atmosphere. Ho-hum, life goes on, OTT goes on. But uh, there, was, there was some tweeting today, you know, I think, I think uh, you know, OTT staff were being supported surprisingly frank on their twitter um kind of get the vibe they're not having the best time looking for um uh, uh replacement venues i don't know if you saw it yeah they said that sure road is like surprisingly expensive to run which shocked me but one of the lads told me actually that apparently uh they they also run boxing and mma at that venue so it's right. like it's an actual venue people use so it's not it's not an just actual arena yeah, it is an actual venue that is used. Uh, people, to be fair to the OTT fans, people were throwing out suggestions. Oh, what about this place? What about this place? The uh, uh, the Vicker Street. Uh, wow. Apparently, they have they have looked into it, but it's it's booked essentially almost every Saturday. Um, uh, the uh, O'Reilly Theater. Someone suggested they just said we tried. They didn't specify what was wrong. Um, there were se- there were several other places. I mean, it's such a specific thing they need. It needs to be Saturday night. It needs to be um, five hundred people, maybe more, but not too much more. It needs to have a bar. It needs to it needs to have you know certain production things. It needs to be able to open and serve booze past a certain hour. It needs X Y Z. You know what I mean? Um, mm. It's uh, I I do not envy them. I really don't. Um, Someone said, "As um, why not use the ringside club That's tiny. Uh, as a stopgap? Yeah, I, I thought that myself until I attended it. Uh, incredible venue, perfect for contenders. I really love it. 
it holds about 300 people. It holds about 300 people, maybe a little bit more. Um, if it, and at the end, again, this is something OTT replied to, and they said we would have to scale back the shows big time. They're not, you're not getting Loki, Walter, David Starr, Speedball, Mike Bailey, fucking Will Ospreay. You're not getting like, you know, five massive imports on these shows because it's just not financially viable without charging 60 quid a ticket. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for that tiny room. But anyway, just, I mean, that was just worth mentioning. I think we'll probably talk about this on the show as the months roll on. It, they, they really haven't even, like, it's not even a case of, oh, you know, oh, you know, oh, we're going back to Shore Road. I think they will at some point, but they did say that it's just, it's, it doesn't seem like that's viable as the full time replacement. Mm. Um, which is a shame. So as of right now, again, I really like that venue. It looks great. Uh, the transport to the arena is makes it super easy to get in and out, especially after yeah. the show. Um, like that would be my first choice, but of course there's business, uh, aspects to it exactly. that we're not privy to you know so yeah yeah and some of the some of the venues they were suggesting uh ott was just like they're just too expensive and that's the thing important remember you know indie wrestling it's not they don't have a it, it, it kind of you know it's funded on a on a, on a shoestring in some cases like it's got to pay all that talent and, and well all that stuff. fyi cabray there was uh, a little wrestling show here at the leaksip festival I think the Nixie <laughs> Festival had a couple of thousand people at it. Uh, so if you're interested in a Spar car park, uh, give us a call. Sort out for you. No, but I mean, hopefully they get something sorted out. I think, um, as I said, Sure Road, for me, is like the the obvious one. But, again, if it's very expensive to run, might not be viable, as you said, every week. Maybe an idea would be to not do the same venue every week, but to kind of switch it up depending on like the talent that you have on the show, you know, like a, a show like um, Haven for Monsters, albeit with Volter and um, Loki, maybe a car like that is something that you can put on in, in, in a ringside club or in a smaller venue. Uh, and maybe rather than having, you know, your, your A shows in the stadium and your, maybe not fair to call them B shows, but your smaller shows in, in the Tivoli as it is currently, you could maybe have like an A, a B and a C. You know, they have this, the, the, mm. the middle shows. That's, you know, your, your people still go to, your hardcores will still go to, but you don't have to necessarily shell so much out on a on a, on a, 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 a venue for that, you know, depending on yeah. how much you're spending on, on imports and this kind of thing. Um, and ticket prices yeah. could be adjusted as well, you know, accordingly. They could be. I, I mean, I, I, remember, I remember there was some grousing sort of, a few months after I started going, not not because I was going, um, because I mean, <laughs> that's why I was annoyed. To be fair, <laughs> I mean, when I started going, it was like fifteen quid GA and like twenty two or three to sit down. And now that those days are so far gone, you know. But I feel like if, but anyway, but anyway, I mean, it's, yeah, but OTT it's, is very different I, I, than it used to be. To be fair, when the ticket prices were, like, yeah, yeah, they had you had your Scotty Too Hottie coming in and your rhinos. No, no, they've they've changed a lot. I I mean, I feel for them. I really do. I mean, we, we've talked on on this show about how people, I think, outside of Ireland, don't appreciate the difficulties of the scene, the Irish wrestling scene. Yeah, and one aspect of it is Dublin. I just imagine is just a nightmare well dublin unfortunately is kind of the only base that they can run out of because again of the population of it but dublin is notoriously expensive in every aspect um, yeah and like icw ran the academy but but joe did say on the twitter is like we tried they're booked almost every saturday again just like a lot like a lot of the good venues they're booked all weekend and and people aren't going to shuffle things around especially mm. for wrestling you know it's um 
So yeah, um, watch this space. So as of right now, they have announced contenders uh, in two weeks' time, uh, the July Tivoli show, and that is it. A hypothetical defiant to, and no stadium announcements. I was very surprised by that. If yeah, they, well, we, they... we were talking before the show whether we'd get anything. I think we kind of predicted between us that there wouldn't be an announcement, and then it w- there wasn't one. Yeah, yeah, I, but I, even though I'm kind of, I would rather they didn't, part of me still thought, is like, they'll do WrestleRama, they'll do, they'll do August again, um, but I get, that surely, that surely cannot be on the cards now, because if you don't announce it at the June show to get the pop for, yeah. for the names, I, ha- I have to imagine it's not happening. And also in the stadium, you know, you, I think you need more time to sell the tickets. Um, Absolutely. The, the, yeah. it, were they to announce it at July for the next, the following month, I, I think it too short notice. That would, be, that would be insane. That would be absolutely insane. At the I'm, same I'm time, I, I must say, uh, it did cross my mind, my little cynical mind, when you know they announced that um, that this July show was potentially going to be the last Tivoli show of 2018, and then I saw how quickly the tickets sold out. I I did think that is a very good. Were you, uh, you know? In, in recent times, the ticket sales weren't as strong as they once were. That's definitely a good way to sell tickets. Now, I don't actually believe for a second that that's the, what their mindset was. But Oh, no. It, no. it, it, did, fla- uh, it did flash across my mind for a second. I, I don't think they, they uh, were misleading people on that. But I think, because I think it is the truth. But I think they also are aware that people are motivated by that. And let me tell you, they were. So if you didn't, if any of you, because I actually do know some people who listen to these who don't listen to the main show. We talked you. about this on the main Bastards. Welcome anyway. We love you. What, what, what six-year-old Netflix show are you watching this week? You know, they don't care about that shit. They want to hear People don't want to hear about me playing Ocean Horn for five minutes. I mean, come or on. The, or or I, I stuffed 40 wings into my face this week. We, um, p- we play Rest of 20 Questions for a good 45 minutes was- for you people. <laughs> but, um, but, so on the main show, we talked about how um, I'm, I'm going in July. Paul is not... My God, the tickets this morning. I mean, there's been situations where, you know, like for a big Osprey match, oh, it sells out in 30 seconds, blah, blah, blah. I refreshed literally as the clock ticked over from 59 to 12 p.m., which is when the, the tickets went on sale. In the time, in the five seconds it took me to uh, set the drop-down menu to one for a floor seat and hit OK, they were gone. They were in people's trolleys. That's great. Uh, they were gone. And so, and so then I had to... I, I, this is how, because on the high from Saturday, we will eventually get to the card, folks, I promise. It was such a good show. I was like, I have to make sure I'm getting there. So I actually bought a GA ticket in case I everything sold out because I was panicked. Luckily enough, um, obviously, people put them in carts and don't buy them. A few minutes later, I was able to nab a floor seat. Um, but my God, people were on there like maniacs, like absolute maniacs. Well, that's the one thing that they can rely on is despite the venue issues, you know, the, you know, the fans will always be there for them, you know? Absolutely. And that's the ravenous OTT fans. Because I'm sure I suspect, I, I imagine there will be some not ideal compromising in the next few months. I think Tivoli's going to go and, you know, they maybe have to run a venue. They're not totally keen on running and, and stuff like that. But Hey, you know, a buddy of mine, uh, Jamesy, who was at the show, he had a great point. He was like, the Tivoli is phenomenal. I love it. But at the end of the day, it was the people in there who made that show great, not not yeah, the venue. So, absolutely. So, so, the, so, the, so the, the thing will keep going. But um, 
Uh, but anyway, so we'll get to this show now. It was uh, uh, a very, very interesting show uh, uh, with a lot of wackiness. It opened with uh, the usual uh, uh, shtick. You had uh, the, the new heel commentator whose name still escapes me. Uh, Tony uh, Kelly. Tony Kelly and the uh, William J. Humperdinck, the heel, heel announcer. And they did a bit of heel shtick, but then they also got a bit serious. And, uh, also, Tiffany's going away soon, and we all feel bad. And thank, thank you, you all for coming. Thank you for being here. <laughs> um, uh, which is... Uh, I tell you, I think is, that William Humperdinck is underrated like maybe even a little bit underused in the role i think he's really great he's 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 a good talker he has uh and a sense of a kind he, of he, i think he thinks quick on his feet as well i think he's very good he's he's he is he's snappy he's um he's interacting with the fans he is not totally camp uh tony kelly is extremely camp i mean not not like his character is camp but his mannerisms and his reacting is very um, yeah i still um I still don't like him. <laughs> still don't like him. Uh, yeah, uh, I think every, every every line lands with a nice little thud when he's out. Yeah, Hopperdings very good. Uh, Hopperdings is solid. Yeah. So uh, they announced uh, the uh, GM for the evening would be Trent Seven. Trent was obviously booked. He was injured. And That's funny because hot. they announced that on Twitter a few days ago that he was going to be the guest commissioner. I completely missed it. So it was actually a surprise for us when he was announced as the guest. Oh, really? Teacher. Yeah, so that was nice. I just, yeah, I don't so, know. I, I saw the tweet retrospectively. I was like, oh, they announced that. Never saw it. I um, I really like Trent. I think he's he's very, very funny. Um, we got a lot of him on this show, which I think was was great, but also maybe a, maybe a teensy bit too much, but we'll get we'll get to each segment as it comes. But he's announced it. I mean, obviously, Trent, uh, you know, uh, for quite a while, they were doing the wacky kind of Triple H fourth wall. Uh, we're signed to WWE gimmick, yeah. And so they announced Trent is the GM, and of course they play the the Vince McMahon uh, theme song when he comes out. And again, you know, it's the Tivoli. So of course everyone sings the song as he comes out, Absolutely. and they're you know, laughing. He's doing. He puts McGregor to shame with this ludicrous gorilla walk to the ring. Um. And uh, he he does his uh, over the top Vince impression. <laughs> Not a good yeah. Vince impression, by the way. No, no, which which well, made it better. Makes it funnier in a way, yeah. Uh, so he, I think he said he fired the other two, but I'm sure they'll be back. You know, he's only commissioner for the night. Uh, so he sent the two heels to the back, and then he brought out uh, Angus and Don, uh, the babyface uh, commentators. And they did a uh, Triple H beer spit with the beer, and that was fine. It was it was a very fun segment. It was. It was very good. Uh, Trent, you know, Trent's just a natural... He has a very natural, subdued charisma to him that I really appreciate. He's even better uh, than Humperdinck. Oh, yes. Humperdinck's yeah, great, is, but Trent is... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not for a moment seriously comparing them, but Trent is very funny. Very funny, man. Effortlessly funny, I would say. Uh, that led us in to the opener of Adam, Chase, and a kid who are team White Wolf from the uh, White Wolf promotion in Spain versus more than hype Darren Cardi's uh or Cardi rather Darren Cardi's uh Tivoli debut yeah. uh, in this match along with his partner Nathan Martin who's been here before I thought go on drop the bomb and I want to watch this on beauty I thought this is one of the best OTT openers in ages maybe maybe uh, that I've ever seen but I'd have to I'd have to rewatch Ooh, it big words I think it was um up till the main event the best match of the show wow really wow Wow. 
Um, uh, but yeah, I, as I feel impressed. like we say this every time we, we, we discuss them, but the, the contenders, lads, specifically Nathan Martin, I mean, only, Nathan Martin celebrated one year in the business earlier last week. That's crazy. Um, That's crazy. It's preposterous. It's preposterous. Uh, how good he is because i tell you every, everybody and rightfully so but everybody puts over sky davis as you know this really bright prospect which he is uh nathan martin just has like everything down and it's i think the most impressive thing for me is just his timing on everything like he comes yeah. off like, <laughs> he comes off like a vet sometimes like darren carney okay his first tivoli appearance i thought he was very good but I did notice a few times that he was just like, every now and then it was like a step behind, you know? Like, he would take that extra two seconds before running to hit the ropes. And every time he would kind of just slow the, down the match a little bit. But Nathan Martin was always where he had to be on time. And yeah, he, he carries himself super well. I think he has um, like that that reserved toughness that like i think michael may sometimes can be a little um hammy with his like you know strong style ah! nathan martin's like one of those like finley style quietly will beat you up you know um yeah and he's just great and i think especially impressive for me was a kid from team white wolf oh he's good he's they're they're uh, just a, a great just a great OTT opening tag match team. Yeah, whoever game. planned whoever planned this show out, uh, this was definitely the match to start with, and it succeeded. Yeah, they're just they're 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 energetic, they're crisp, they're you know, they're they're kind of your white meat baby faces. They just they do a little high flying, they do some selling, they the, the action is quick, it's all very crisp. Um, uh, it was just perfect opener, absolutely perfect. Um, again, I, I don't know what their uh, uh, like travel arrangements are. I don't know if they if they were just doing a little UK uh, uh, stint this weekend, or if they're or if it's viable that they might come over on a, on a semi regular basis. But uh, would love to have the White Wolf Boys back. Absolutely, yeah, they're just a, down down the road in Spain. Just down the road in Spain, across um, the little river there. Uh, also, uh, the, the Morton Hype Boys won, which is good because I think I've said a couple of times in these reviews. You know, okay, you were you were beating them early on because the young boys, but let's let's get the contenders some wins. Cause yeah, this was on the this was the first show. time I kind of thought, oh, wouldn't mind seeing these lads in the in the tag team title mix. Absolutely. Hmm. Um. So uh, so they got a win, and that was uh, that was very good. Hmm. Uh, segment number two, uh, we got Angel Cruz out. Yep. And he wanted to, uh, he wanted to, uh, first of all, he referenced uh, a match that happened this day last year, which was the uh, Angel Cruisers versus British Strong Style match. Which I rewatched the, uh, last night, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, a match that I think. That really is a joy, turned, that match. I think, I think it, it, I would say turned his fortune. It elevated him. I think it turned Be Cool's fortunes around. I think that was the first match where people went, you know, Be Cool's. Be well, that was the first match, uh, I believe. That B cool team. teamed with Inter Cruz, yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a top knot match, and it's 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 fantastic. And I and I I really liked it. Again, you know, OTT sometimes their storytelling is is very hit and miss. I like that they followed up on it. I liked this whole this whole dynamic. So Angel Cruz comes out and he calls out Ty, uh, uh, Trent Seven. And just to be clear, Trent Seven came out again doing the Vincent Man walk. <laughs> he came out to Chantel. Still funny. <laughs> Still funnier in a way. In a way, it was better because he's like, "Oh, he's going to come out to, to to Seven Nation Army." No, 
is doing the whole. He did the whole thing again. Um, and so they had a little uh, banter session back and forth. Basically, kind of um, from this point onwards in the show, Trent basically became 1998 Vince McMahon uh, on crack. Uh, basically, the most they they did several like uh, over the limit ninety eight uh, style uh, uh, things here. So basically, <laughs> I don't know what over the limit ninety eight is, but okay. <laughs> was that the- I will explain. I will. I will remind you. I will explain to you, sir. It's it's an apt comparison. Bear with me. Okay. Over so over the limit ninety eight. Uh, sure. Go on. Oh, over the edge ninety eight. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> okay. Over the edge ninety eight. Okay. Cool. Go on. Um, Basically, the story here was that Trent was gloating about breaking up Tyler and Angel. He said he's going to destroy uh, uh, their last um, uh, Angel's last partner who likes him, and he brought out the fabulous Nikki. And so they basically. Just and you know what was funny as well? That you and what? me were talking before the show of like people that we don't really care to see on OTT, and I mentioned the fabulous Nikki. Yeah, uh, and I think little I, and I think did I, I know he was about to be the highlight of the show. <laughs> There you go. That's so yeah, I'm actually surprised to hear you say that because I like this, but I, I had some reservations. I'll get to it in a bit. So basically, by by over the edge ninety eight reference was, a, was was referring to this. He pitted the two of them in a match against each other, but in heel Vince McMahon fashion, like the dude loves Steve Austin match. Every time Angel was about to win, he changed the rules. Well, first of all, he so, offered to make the match even happen. He offered the fabulous Nikki. You know, if you if you beat Angel Cruz today. You're gonna be on money in the bank. Pre-show on YouTube. Yeah, then he haggled down to pre-show. Yeah, uh, I was thinking um, he wasn't having it, so he got on the phone to Trips. Oh, he got on to Trips. That's right. And said, "If you <laughs> if you beat Cruz, you're gonna you're gonna wrestle." Me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, very funny stuff. Which Fabulous Nicky finally accepted, and then yeah, they began their match, and just as Angel was about to pick up the W. Uh, I I would liken it to William Re- William Regal with the Queensbury rules, right? He was saying. Oh yes, excellent, excellent reference. Oh no, no, no! This match, uh, no, he, this match is. Uh, what did he make it first? He says it's it's first blood. <laughs> I was thinking, we're not going to get blood here, surely. Uh, Angel took out fork and was going to stick. Uh, of course, stick Nikki in the head. Of course, Angel. Yeah, he just has a fork in his pocket at all times. No, no, wait, this match, this, this isn't a, this isn't a first blood, this is, this is a Royal Rumble match. And we got a countdown, we got the, the honker. Buzzer. And out came Captain Sexy of Club To the Farpana pop of the night! To a huge pop! Um, oh. does the whole entrance, and gets tossed out, and then Nikki's about to get tossed out, and he says, no, 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 this, this... This isn't a Royal Rumble anymore. This is, this is a, a steel cage match, and we get the. Dun, they, dun, uh, dun, dun, they, dun. they flicker the lights, and the fans did the dun 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 noise. See, this is what I'm talking about. How this would only happen in the Tivoli. Everyone did the fucking stupid noise from the cage lowering, unprompted on their own. Um, uh, they did, and so obviously there was no cage because it's in the tiny little shitty Tivoli. Um, so they did, uh, pretend great against the cage spots. Um, and I was hoping, I was like, please do a double down spot where you both try and close, go through the door. And they did, they, they, they did. did and they even spot. did, they even did a close the door on the face of the wrestler spot. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was it. Was it? it was um, what a team uh, prick. Angel. Yeah. Oh my god. Nikki was about to get out, and team prick slammed the imaginary door on him. My god. Um. So they're doing all these shenanigans. Everyone's like crying, laughing at this. Um, and eventually Trent says, uh, uh, Punjabi prison, no, we can't do that. Uh, it's a regular wrestling match. And so Nikki tries to roll. Uh, no, no, you're, you're, for, you're forgetting one. You're forgetting one. Oh, I am. Braun Patty's match. Uh, and so, yeah, so they, they had a, a fake Braun Panties match for a, a few seconds. For 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, yes, that, then, then at the very end, they did the regular match. Uh, and then they had like the regular match. Then actually went a few minutes. Then they actually wrestled after doing yeah. the fake cage and the fake Royal Rumble. Um, uh, and then uh, uh, Angel won, thwarting Trent's plans. Trent then had uh, looks like he had just wrestled a sixty-minute Ironman match. He tossed his hair all over and had like one sleeve out of his jacket. Um, uh, his glasses were askew. Glasses were askew, and it helped also that Tivoli was absolutely boiling. So yeah, he um, probably didn't uh, do any of that on purpose. That was just how he looked after being out <laughs> there for five minutes. He was just like, "How the fuck do we do this in this heat?" Um, so that was hilarious. One thing I will say, right? Uh, you and I referenced, oh, you know, people we could do without seeing an OT, and you mentioned Nikki. We had that conversation in the context of the criticism OTT had for not having a proper women's match on this show, mm. and I thoroughly enjoyed this match. But several people did remark to me, and I, I found it hard to disagree, that they had, like, a 20-odd minutes unadvertised, you know, Segment. thing. Whatever, whatever, whatever I, that was. I, I would be interested, it, it was, I'd be interested to time it out. I'd say it was even longer. I'd say it was about 25 minutes, all in all. It was about, it was, it was about a half hour, because it was, like I said, they, they, they did all, and again, they did all the pomp and circumstances. So you got the countdown, you got it, you got Jack's, you got Jack's sex, but you got, uh, Captain Sexy's uh, entrance in the middle of all that. You got the cage lowering, like so. The, it, it was not a quick segment. Like they gave it, they gave all these jokes time to actually like happen and breathe, and then they had a sort of a four or five minute match at the end of it. So yeah. it was like you did you did all this with like two unannounced wrestlers, and also people were grumbling a little bit because it's like you also did it with Trent, who isn't even cleared to wrestle, and you still flew him in. You know what I mean? It's like um, you know, I there again. I think people mentioned to me specifically about this segment, but I think that was a, a fair criticism of the evening was that they, um, uh, that they, they did not, put, they did not surprise us and, and, and throw in a women's match. To be there. fair, it, um, it, it maybe became clear later on what the, uh, the women's match would have been. And, uh, Oh really? I, I, I assumed, I actually assumed that that six man, that was always going to be. Ooh, anyway, we'll get to that. We'll, well, we'll get to that. Cause that's a newsworthy match in its own, uh, uh right. Um, but anyway, I mean, that, that criticism aside, this was hilarious, um, uh, you know, uh, and again, following up on the story, of course, Angel and Nikki, I think from before your time, Paul, were, were a tag team. I, I, I remember them being a tag team, yeah. And uh, obviously the, the continuation of the Trent Angel story, so that was, that was fun stuff. So that was that. Uh, we then had the, was this the uh, Corvin match? I think so, yeah, Corvin Guinness. Uh, uh, yeah, we had Corvin, Sean Guinness. Uh, this was a I thought this was a solid match. I thought this was uh, this was probably one of the quieter matches in terms of crowd noise. Because uh, I mean, they had to follow the fucking spectacle, the fake you know Royal I mean? the, Rumble, the fake Royal Rumble, and the fake cage match, and the fake brown panties match. Yeah. Um, 
so so they top shot, but I thought they were they were both uh, uh, they both looked really great. Uh, Corvin uh, is I think he's I don't know if he's gearing up for a singles run necessarily, but he had this match and he also had the um, they announced him for progress. Uh, well, I was kind of hoping so, and then I saw the results from last night's Belfast show, and I was kind of a little bit. Yes, yeah. So, so they had a really good back and forth match. Um, uh, again, I think it was. I, I would say it was probably the best Corvin singles match I've seen. Um, uh, you know, he's had a few single matches here and there, and, and they've usually been all right, but but kind of missing a little something. I thought this was one of his best. I liked his um, um, his remixed theme music. That the was interesting. I yeah. heard, I heard some people around me going like, Ugh, but I kind of liked that he didn't. He had his own kind of spin on it, you know. I, I well, know. I think I think people kind of. They like what they like, you know. Well, they still had the, still had all that. It was just a little bit like, like, like with sanity. Every every person has their own little unique spin on the the classic theme, you know. Did you notice, by the way, because you're quite close up? Uh, Sean Guinness got a cut on his back during this match. Yes, yeah, it was not nice. In the exact same position, uh, who, who was it there? David Starr or Haskins got. And I think it's the ropes. Back. I think it was from the, the. I think the ropes are too narrow. I think the ropes were cutting people on the show because they both got cut in the exact same position where they would normally lean when they hit the ropes. I don't know. That's just an, uh, something I observed. Um, but yeah, they had a good match. I, I, maybe it was because it came after the the craziness of the. Andrew Cruz match, but yeah, I thought it was a, a, a it wasn't a crazy match. Like I, I, I had actually silently anticipated that this might be this the sleeper best match on the show. Um, yeah, I, it, I don't know that it, it was it was that good. Um, but it, they had you know a very good whatever seven or seven out of ten match, eight out of ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was surprised to see still- Corvin lose. That yes, that was surprising to me. I can only assume, and again, this is fucking fantasy armchair booker fucking shit over here. But I, I feel like a, a lot of people have assumed that somewhere during this run, Guinness is turning on Jordan and getting a shot at. The yeah, that he's maybe staying around for a little while. Yeah, I got, the, I got yeah, the as well. Uh, and I kind of thought I also and I, that's what I thought was interesting about this match was that okay, well, I thought Corvin is also perhaps gearing up for a a, a push, so maybe. Uh, if you if you didn't if you don't know what we were referencing earlier, the Kings of the North won the tag titles back um, in in Belfast. Um, uh, so maybe when that decision was made, they're like, okay, Sean needs the the singles win here more. I don't know. It's interesting. I also I also don't know how long Guinness is around for. So you know, a couple of a couple of interesting things brewing on the the undercard there um, in, in terms of people who might be on the on the ascent. Mm. Solid match. But it was uh, good. I mean, I, I don't... Yeah, I don't want to sound... Singles. I thought this was a... Uh, again, you know... Sorry, I don't want to sound negative on it. It was, it was good. You know, I, I don't it think... Got lost in the show. I don't think there was anything bad on the show. Yeah, but it, it was it was just kind of the, the match of normalcy among this, you know, cyclone of craziness. Yeah. Speaking of fucking craziness, again, this is, you know, this was such a weird show that only happened in this promotion. Dan Barry versus Be Cool. Dan Barry, I talked. I talked to Paul before the show. Paul, you had no idea who Dan Barry was. I know he is now. Say what? I know who he is now. Well, yeah, yeah. Dan Barry is a. 
Uh, he can't come up here. What's happening? I think he's predominantly. A... Sorry. Oh, can you hear me? Am I okay? Yeah, there's some, there's some interference happening on the, in our radio room. Let me. Okay, seems to be okay now. Come on. Okay. No, it's happening again. What are you doing, Barry? Are you there? I'm literally sitting perfectly still, doing nothing. Huh. I don't know what it is. Because when you don't talk, it works fine. <laughs> Go uh, on. Oh. Now continue, your friend. It, interesting, isn't it? Hmm. Um. Sorry, folks. But uh, Dan Barry, is it still terrible? No, it's good. It's good. You sound good. Uh, Dan Barry, I walked in, um, and I went noodled around the merch area, and I I've seen some Dan Barry matches. I thought he was all right, but I was like a lot of people, I was a bit kind of kind of shrugged my shoulders when he was. I was like, oh, that's a weird thing. And um, this night reminded me a little bit of when Moose came to OTT. Because when I saw Moose early in the night at OTT, people were not exactly rushing over to him to have a chat at the merch table. Sure. But after he had that banger of a match, uh, one year ago today, as we record this, you couldn't get within five feet of Moose after the match because everyone was talking to him buying his t-shirts and all this other shit. Mm. That was the Dan Barry story this evening. So Dan Barry gets in there no one knows who he is relatively speaking to be cool who is a beloved local uh, uh hero and the first thing dan barry did was he cut a very funny promo where he kind of acknowledged that no one knew or cared who he was um and uh he said that you know we should just like forego the match and get drunk and everyone cheered um and then he um what did he do he called be cool marty Janetti or something was he well no he, he said let's just go get drunk and uh be cool said to him yeah, you know, who wants to see a Dan Barry match anyway? Very, you know, off the cuff. And yeah, then Dan Barry said, well, you know, you no one to see the Mary Gennetti of that tag team. And Be Cool just stopped dead in his tracks. Like, he couldn't believe the insult leveled at him. And, uh, and then the match began. And was, I, I, I would say this was probably the highlight of the night. Not that the match was, you know, excellent or anything, but I don't think there's anything I'll remember or take from this show as much as the Dan Barry match. So they're 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 brawling around the ring, and yes, they're doing this thing where they playfully said, "Oh, we won't have a match," and then they got into like a serious fight, and Be Cool's brawling around the ringside with them, and the fans are chatting, you know, Marty Janetti and some other stuff like that, and they get back in the ring, and I think the key spot was that Dan Barry. I don't think I've ever seen him do this because I've only seen a handful of his matches, so I didn't know he did this. But he does like the Ryan Smile corner dive. run from one post to another corner dive over the top rope to be cool and the security guards on the floor. Absolutely insane. And and, and Dan Barry, to look at him, does not look like Ricochet. He's like 5'6". I mean? <laughs> he's 5'6", and his gimmick is that he's like a like an 80s, like a washed up like Miami Vice cop or something. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so he does this dive, and the crowd... Cubs unglued because they love they love an old fucking dive, right? We all love an old dive, so we all everyone jumps up and screams and shouts, and they're like, "All right, Dan Barry seems kind of cool. He did a, a funny joke, he did a good dive, cool." At this point, I don't know how it started or who started it or what specific chant started it. People started doing various Dan-related chants. Yeah. They were singing Roman Reigns' song, but saying Dan, 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 Dan. They were doing the John Cena song. They sang two Unlimited's theme song, but just said Dan. 
they were so everyone's singing and dancing and doing dad songs, and then all of a sudden, it's like everything because cheering for dad has become. <laughs> what the crowd has decided they want to do every time he's on offense it's their favorite thing in the world so that they can fucking sing the match of the day theme song but with dan um if this guy's name was on. if this guy's name was uh frederick or something he would have been fucked but his name was yeah. dan and he's so he was a god uh, and also because he has his cop gimmick at one point he pulled out a fake gun he did like a, a hand like a finger gun gesture which yeah. just is the type of thing that would just make people in OTT laugh anyway um, he also did a, a second rope fall away slab so like there was some cool stuff in this match it was good but the main the story of the match is that the crowd decided they liked him and so then it became the, he became their favorite thing in about 30 seconds and so he lost, obviously, because I, I don't know that he's necessarily going to be around for a while. And he announced his retirement not that long ago from wrestling. This is something of it. This is his last year, I'm fairly sure. Um, so he lost to Be Cool. Here's what's interesting. Be Cool seemed, not in a playing along with the fans way, seemed quite agitated that he, that he, that Dan was getting massively cheered. And there was a little, a little bit of booing when Be Cool won because they didn't want to see him win because they wanted to sing Dan Barry over and over again. <laughs> well, Dan Barry, um, I don't know that I've I've ever heard a reaction for anyone that Dan Barry got. I mean, even for title changes, I don't think <laughs> got as good a reaction as he did. And uh, yeah, so when Be Cool uh, lost uh, or when he won, people were were not happy. Um, yeah, they were like. They were like booing his comeback in places, and then yeah, when he when he won, it was actually pretty sizable. It was pretty. I don't know that. Looked... I don't know that it was anything against against Be Cool. He was just you know he was standing in the way of da- no, da- no, Dan no. Mania. That was it. Yeah, it it, it could he, it would have been literally any. <laughs> he was the Rock at WrestleMania eighteen. At, that is absolutely perfect. Dan Barry is Hulk Hogan. <laughs> um, I don't know why, but he is. Which is ridiculous. So, so, Someone, someone asked me, like, was it a, a, an NTB thing? And I was like, no, you couldn't. Because, like, this, this match could have had anyone else in there because the crowd was honestly so loud and raucous that Be Cool couldn't even really do. You know, his kind of witticisms, he's got his little jokes. He's very quick. He's very uh, clever. He'll, he'll think on the spot. You couldn't, you couldn't hear, I think, he was saying because, he was, because it was all, all singing and dancing for Dan Perry. So you could have had anyone in there. It wasn't, it wasn't about him. It was about Dan. But, yeah, he seemed a bit... <laughs> He seems a bit not impressed with the with the the reaction. Well, there was but, there was uh, one there um, really great spot, which was where Be Cool was going to go for a dive on the outside, and there was just Dan Barry there. So of course he called for the the security or the trainees to come over and catch him, basically as as they often do. Yeah, and he goes, he calls over three of them, and he goes, he goes to do his dive, and he stops. He goes, no, 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 more. And he gets three more, and he goes to do the dive, and he goes, no, 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 more, more, more. And as these people are coming to stand in the dive area, Dan Barry has crept out and has gone around oh, yes. to the far side of the ring. Be Cool then does the dive. Dan Barry is, of course, not there anymore. Uh, very clever, very funny. Because you can just see little Dan yeah. Barry's head going, <laughs> going around the ring. Ah, oh, great stuff. And to be fair, the, the, match was, he's, he's, the match was very good and very clever little spots in it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, he, he's he, and he's he's got a, he's got a, a career about wanting to come back and on, on Twitter, I mean, obviously, you know, he was very he was very thankful for the reception, uh, but on Twitter, he's he, he's 
talking about how great it was. And he said he wanted to come back. And someone said, what about the UK? He's like, I'm going to try and do it all. I, I, I would love if this was a thing that changed his fortunes in wrestling. I really would. Um... Um, because it's it it it, 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 oh, it it felt it felt special. It was like I said, you know, not trying to overstate it, but it was it was not anything that anyone was really looking forward to ahead of time. It really wasn't. Um, uh, and and he 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 made himself um, uh, a star. Um, and 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 as much as it was like, oh, the fans kind of just kind of had a good time and kind of decided that they wanted to chant for Dan. It, it was because he was having a good match anyway. It was not like they just randomly did it, you know? Um, so, so that was, that was, it was just fascinating. It was really fascinating. And, and, and uh, I, I enjoyed it a whole hell of a lot. Speaking of fascinating reactions, we had the Rapture versus team OTT. The Rapture obviously are the heel Englishman tag team champions. Uh, this was announced as a tag team championship match, which I thought was a bit silly, but what are you going to do? Again, you know, OTT just kind of throwing stuff against the wall sometimes. They were against uh, Pete Dunn, Mark Haskins, and a mystery partner for Team OTT. Uh, Dunn's music, we referenced the, the, the oh. uh, Vince McMahon pop earlier. Uh, I think they, because I saw so many people like, specifically going out of their way to mention this to Pete Dunn on Twitter during the week. Please come out to your old song from OTT before you, before you left. Um, now, I didn't quite catch this. Did they start with his WWE music and then and then switch it? I don't think so. No, because the pop was almost immediate, I, I, as far as I recall. No, because I remember they, they started playing his video and then everyone cheered for for pete dunn and then there was like a second absolutely massive pop when the song kicked in i guess i'm not as familiar with his wwe theme so i'm not sure it's kind of it kind of starts with kind of a low a low kind of and i watch nxt and i don't know um but anyway he came out to can you feel my heart and everyone lost their fucking mind and again we're we're enthusing a lot about the the pops on this show but i like yeah you had to be there if you weren't honestly yeah, yeah. It's like there, there was like a raucous bruiserweight chant that was like drowning out the song during his entrance. It was so loud, and then for the chorus, everyone was singing along. It's because I mean, people just—I mean, he's—he really is one of the success stories that OTT was kind of there on the ground floor with Pete a little bit. Not maybe not the very first, but they were—they were some of the first people to really give him a shot, and people really identified that song as Pete and the glory days of OTT. You know, so. Yeah. So there was that. And then you had the mystery third uh, uh, partner. The Rapture obviously cut a promo, but oh, two Englishmen representing OTT. How fitting. No Irish wrestlers. Uh, everyone was heckling uh, Gibson with Real Madrid chants and all this other stuff. Also funny. Uh, that was that was funny. And uh, their, their reactions are great. I love the Rapture. They're, they're so entertaining. Uh, and then a song starts to play. It's like a techno club remix of Can You Feel My Heart? Out comes Martina uh, doing a uh, boozer weight gimmick. Uh, she's back from stardom, obviously. Uh, this was a quote-unquote surprise. I made allusions to, to this to you, Paul, in the in the queue, but I didn't want to say it. I, I didn't want to spoil it for anyone in the vicinity. Uh, Martina just showed up in Fight Club on Friday night uh, before her big surprise return here at OTT. So mm-hmm. and in a random six-man uh, or six-person like scramble match. So it was just like... <laughs> it was like known that she was in Europe and back wrestling over here, so that was a bit that was a bit odd that they made that decision. But anyway, um, so her her big farewell uh, lasted one, one main show. TT show. Yeah. 
one show. Now um, that so that that, com- that does to put my cynic hat back on again. That does annoy me a bit. Oh, listen! I that look the talking point. Strap in, folks. The talking point for this match is going to be the current direction of Martina in OTT because I do not think the match was especially notable other than that. Okay, so obviously before she left, there was uh, you know there was some people booing her here and there. There was like a little controversy because it seemed like she couldn't hack it on on Twitter, and, and there was all this talk of why and all this other stuff. I tell you what, I don't think they did themselves any favors by doing a farewell show for someone missing uh, one show. show, considering there's. There's been times in their history where they have just not booked her for one show because they just didn't have anything for her to do. Um, so, so that was a problem. That's problem number one. But, you know, when she came out doing the gimmick, everyone cheered. Because it's a gimmick she's been, like, joking about for, like, a year at this point. And it was, she had a, a, a fake belt uh, that looked like a cross between, like, the... It was, like, a, a handmade thing, but it was, like, the design was, like, a cross between the UK belt and, like, the OGT women's. But it was all right. And she had a vest on, and she was doing Pete's mannerisms. And it was a funny entrance, and everyone cheered, and that was fine. And so the t- so it was Haskins done and Martina versus the the Englishman. I have been thinking about this match since Saturday, and I cannot believe they put it together the way they did. It's basically Pete Dunne, who is God in this building, correct? And Mark Haskins, who is a who is a well regarded wrestler in his own regard, and he's a former world champion and. Uh, another uh, sidebar, another problem. He was just wrestling as a face in this match, just <laughs> uh, representing, representing OTT no less. Uh, two months after, uh, I believe the direct quote was "fuck OTT." That was his promo. That's the one. Uh, but anyway, what? Uh, so whatever. Uh, and they're against these hated heels. So people, people would have liked to have seen Peter Dunn beat the shit out of Zach Gibson, especially because they are. The, the Gibson is the hot favorite in the upcoming UK tournament, and and Dunn is the champion. So there you go. I tell this you what. Match, I tell you what would have been nice involved. if they had given us Pete Dunn versus Zach Gibson. Oh well. Well, I I imagine uh, uh, Paul would have gotten on the phone yeah. to Trent and said, "No, no, baby, you do not do that on some random uh, mix show. Thank you. <laughs> um, Thank you, baby." Um, uh, but anyway, so this match was built around. Obviously, Haskins was hilarious. I love Haskins and, and Dunn in this match because they are because they as their characters they both hate Martina, so they can't believe they have to work with her and they're they're like not amused by her antics. But here's the thing: most of the crowd was on their side. Martina would blind tag in and do some you know bruiserweight mannerism or do her dance stick. And people would boo. And I'm not talking about uh, four arseholes who just decided they don't like her. A lot of people were not at all up for this uh, uh, to a level I was honestly surprised by, even knowing that there was previously some dissension in that crowd. Um, people were just not up for it. Um, and, and the match was honestly not especially notable. The match felt like it was a Martina showcase. It felt like they put it together with the idea that she's coming back and it's time to just full steam ahead all all systems go on martina again like it like nothing ever changed um and every time you know like like every time she would tag in uh you know and and don would scowl or haskins would scowl everyone was like doing the exact same thing because they wanted to see them in their fight in the english um also i don't know like i don't know if it's just something that's to do with ott has grown since i've started going and since there's more eyes on it i kind of want the product to grow as well 
but she was back doing the uh, condom thing and the two heels grab her and, and like try to set her up for a power bomb with Samuels, but Samuels doesn't want to do it because her fanny smells. <laughs> um, I mm. like, and again, and this is something literally people in my section said to me. This is not something I'm just like guessing. People looked at this and went, you got no regular women's match on this show, but you got the smelly fanny spots on there um, with one of your women. I mean, it was just... It, to be fair, I think I think she, not... she probably comes up with those. I don't think that's you know, being forced on well, her to do, uh, to do some uh, any fanny spot. Yeah, well, people, you know, you I can think say she no, she's not it. the owner. Well, yeah, but... Um, yeah, true. So, so, and honestly, I mean, I, I thought this was the weakest match on the show. It was. Um, because, I mean, honestly, other than the crowd dynamic, which I was fascinated by, like, did, did you, do you, like, do you remember anything especially notable about this show, like, action-wise? There was one little tease of Zach Gibson, Pete Dunne, in the middle of it. That was good. I like that. But no, you, as, uh, as you say, it was, the, it. it was, it, it, the mystery uh, partner turned it from, you know, what potentially would be a great six-man tag into the Martinez show, which is what it was. It was the the whole match was just a showcase for her to do her shtick, and um, as you say, yeah, she almost feels like a relic of a past era in a way, because I feel like you know y- y- your classic OTT, she was kind of like the standout character. I mean, you had your your gymnasties and your lads from the flats and your you know Paul Tracy and. Luther Ward and the Wards and she was kind of the 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 big I guess comedy character but was like the 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 large the the most notable character on the show I would say and now you have you know your be cool Angel Cruz you have the young lads coming up LJ Cleary uh, making a name for himself and it feels like you know not so much that the promotion has changed but just kind of the 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 personalities have in a way uh, yeah, like you look at the card we had um, on this show, and if you if you go back two years, how many of these same people would have been featured in kind of the same slots on the card? You you could say Devlin a year ago was mid card. Um, Dev Devlin two years ago was a because I because I remember him when I first went to the show was a white meat opening match baby face who came out to mama said knock you out yeah. um and they did not with him until the summer of that year when they turned him heel and that was the beginning of his push uh angel cruz was a lower card geek uh <laughs> a lower card geek heel who like was on and off tag team with fabulous nikki and has since in the two years since has gone on to have some of the best moments in company history and made himself uh uh like a fan favorite be cool i mean like the gymnasties from that to you know will this guy survive on his own question mark to like career rejuvenation yeah, better than ever and it's like better than ever and it's like you know session moth kind of still just still just session moth you know she changed her gear here there she i mean she had prior to this match she had toned down the like condom stuff and all that that was gone for a while but then it was back, and it's just like, hey, look, I thought that look, I thought that was funny the first time I saw it, but I'm kind of like, it needs to be, 
I think it needs to kind of move on. Yeah, the irony with Martina is that I I like her more when she just does a match. Yeah. Um, what was that contenders match she had before she left? It was really great. Um, I don't remember. I think it was around the time there was all this controversy that some people were booing her. It was like, oh, it was the match where she lost to LJ. Ah. Um, that match was good. And it was it was just a match, you know. Um, but like when I think of my favorite Martina moments, it's like her and Katie. It's her and... Um, Ginny. And Ginny. You know, th- that's, that's what I think of. I think of her at... Um, Scrap Mania 3 with Nixon Newell and, you know, uh, B. Priestley and the one with the short hair. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whose, whose name I don't remember. You yeah, know, I don't think. That's the one. Uh, that's what I think of. I think of, you know, her doing her code breaker off the second rope. I don't, I don't think of her, you know, dancing with Pete Dunne and doing the Santino Morella Cobra spot with a condom on her hand. Oh my god, yeah. Oh my god. Oh Which my is, god. to be fair, is what she's known for, is, is for being the, the over-the-top Martina character, but again, I don't know that people care about that. I, I feel like as well that the comedy characters we have around now, the Be Cool and the Age of Cruise, are so much more creative than, yeah. than the Martina character really ever was. And um, to be completely yes. transparent, when she came out as the third partner we kind of all did go like, Ugh. <laughs> it's Martina. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I got the impression from you before the show that you didn't, you didn't actually know who it was. So I didn't want to. Well, she was, she was on my short list of like two people that I was, I was hoping that it wasn't going to be. Yeah. But I had a feeling it was going to be um, because I saw, I saw, I didn't know that she was on Fight Club necessarily, but I saw Devlin was tweeting about was talking to her. It's like, oh no. Oh no. And it's like it's like and like I said, I, I you know But what what can she do I then really, to what can she do to turn it around? I I don't know, but I like I I just I do wanna say that like I really don't think that this was like an isolated thing and I think the, the negative reaction legitimately got worse as the match went on, to the point that uh, she loses the match, she gets pinned, which I thought would get her some sympathy, but it didn't. Now am I now Am I crazy, or like, did people? Did some people cheer Rapture pinning her? Not as many as uh, cheered Haskins knocking her out. That's so. That's the other thing. So the post-match angle we referenced that that Haskins had been turning heel recently. They did at the very least go back to it. He knocks out Martina after the match, and everyone cheers because she because was annoying and ruined the match. That's why. <laughs> exactly. It's like it's like looking at WWE when they're putting together that Royal Rumble that uh, Reigns won. And and like the way like all the little mistakes they made along the way, and you're going like, how? What are you doing? How do you think this is going to get the reaction you want? It's like, how do you book the match where she's blind tagging herself in all the time and dancing and being an agent, and then she loses the match, and then have someone punch her in the head and not expect them to get cheered? Like at that point, it's not just a feeling of oh, people are sick of her. It's also like that match was put together ass backwards. You know what I mean? It's it's oh. I'm trying to look at uh, the. I try to look at the card here and seeing if how would you reshuffle it to get a better, you know, reaction. I mean, could you maybe have mm, who else would who else would fit on Team Ott? That 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 is on the uh, card, mm, like a like a Tyler Bate. Maybe has he been around long enough to fit? In well, well, 
they, I think they have to be Irish. I think they have to be Irish. Yeah. So when when that match was announced, I saw some people speculate that they could put Terry Thatcher on there as bone as saw, a, as a, stick bone side. <laughs> No, yeah, genuine Bonesaw, Duncan. Uh, well, I don't know if Duncan was in town. Fair enough. In terms of people you know they could have gotten certifiably there, Scotty Davis. Yeah, but that that would be someone... I mean, yeah, I guess they didn't have to have it be a mystery partner. They could, like, if they had just announced it's Pete Dunne, Mark Andrews, and... Haskins, yeah. They... But, oh, uh, sorry. No, it, Who did it, I it say? Mark Andrews. Haskins. Uh, Andrews. No, they could have. They could have said it was a mystery and just had the mystery be Scotty Davis because Haskins and Davis have the feud. Yeah. Sure. And he, and he was, you know. Now again, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't there. I don't know. But the point is, it was. This was just a mess. And and we said, you know, progressively got worse. People were kind of into the entrance. They booed when she tagged in. They cheered when Haskins laid her out. Then intermission. They played the video for July. Uh, here's who's coming for July. The Ring General Walter. Yay! And Helico. Yay! Martina. Boo! Everyone fucking booed! But because. They booed her being announced as coming back. Because they announced it right after the thing that they did that they didn't the like. Shitty match. <laughs> and after she was away for oh. a month on her her six month Japan excursion. As, yeah, the, the lifetime away. And here's the thing it's like. They announced Ginny and everyone cheered. Now, I, now no one boos, like, uh, even if she's a heel, like, they don't boo, like, an import coming over because they're, like, a big star. I'm sure Ginny will still get some heat when she comes over, but I'm telling you now, I am fascinated if they do that match again, Ginny Martina. First of all, they've done it 10 million times, but um, I I mean, what, can you imagine the reaction to that match? Because Ginny's, like, the progress champion. She's only gotten better as time goes on. She's a megastar depends how they I mean, do it, people, it, it it depends how they do it people have like yes they were like hating her and getting in her face but like that's now with tivoli death looming that's kind of nostalgia so i think they might look back on on like Ginny's previous appearances oh that's some of the best stuff in ott and if they if those two are facing each other i think it is going to be fascinating fascinating um but I don't know if they'll do that because, like I say, they've they've had I think three singles matches and like two tag matches. I don't know that you need to do another one. But um, I'm thinking you maybe just turn Martina heel at this stage. Mm. I don't know well, how you do it, uh, and I don't a... know what what she becomes. But you know the the classic wrestling flow is that when you have a baby face, that the crowd starts to resent, unlike Roman Reigns. John Cena to an extent. Yeah. Turn him heel. Then there'd be heels. The crowd are booing them. That's what's supposed to happen. Put, put a heel Martina up against, you know, your Valkyries of the world. Uh, you know? Um, Angel Cruz, even. Your Angel Cruises of the world. Um, I'm not sure what what you do with a heel Martina, though. How, how exactly should it be presented, but... You I, know what I, I, would, I would really like if... I think it should be like a like almost a brand new gimmick in the sense I don't want her to just come out and be session moth but wrestle like a heel I don't but I don't want her to come out with a suit on (laughs) either you know yeah like you can't you can't I don't know maybe she could um, I don't know it's it's a tough situation but they've kind of they've got to get themselves out of it my my main thinking with that though is looking at how that match was constructed do you think they just have their blinkers on and they're not aware (sighs) I th- I think they maybe felt that like absence would would have made the heart grow fonder, but the fact that she was gone for a month. 
funny, the funny thing is, I thought absence would make the heart go funny. I thought that I was like, okay, people are grumpy with her now; they're fed up of her. But like, whether I like it or my pals like it or whoever likes it, fact is, she's going to come out in uh, September or whenever and get massively cheered, and all will be yeah. right with the world. Well, they that did not happen because they only they, it was a month. And so, I'm surprised uh, they I mean, honestly. I'm surprised they didn't do the uh, the big. Um... Maniac 2000 for the return pop, you know. Okay, they did the the boozer way thing, but it's like for her return, you have to have the the music, the classic Martina music for the pop, you know. Because I don't think I didn't yeah. know what was happening for the first ten seconds. I guess it was Martina because it was yeah. that kind of music with the light show, but it's not that kind of instant recognition, you know. So anyway, yeah, that's a um, uh, that's a that's a, a whole situation they got on there. Yeah, interesting. Time will time will tell. Um, so that was intermission. Got the announcement for July. That's all good stuff. Came back after intermission. We had the uh, gender neutral championship, and well, no chance. That's what you got. Because Foxy was knackered. That's why. Yeah. Which, to be fair, I mean, my God, he was reffing. Uh, like all those matches in that heat, um, I, I'm not surprised he was knackered. So, Tyler Bate versus uh, LJ Cleary versus Chris Wolf. Chris Wolf, my favorite person in the whole world. Um, yeah. Uh, I, Chris Wolf should should move to Ireland and just be here every month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because he's just so perfect. Let's cry from that. Just a little ball of energy, and then the crowd loves her. Um, so yeah, so this was kind of a again, this was a, like like a very wacky but less wacky thing than the Angel Cruz Nikki thing from earlier. Basically, uh, uh, Trent was uh, heel Vince McMahon referee uh, doing fast counts, do, did the slow count when someone was pinning Tyler, and, and did the Shane McMahon count too, and then give the middle fingers um, thing. Uh, you know, it was it was fun. Tyler did his uh, airplane spin, giant swing combo. Uh, you know, Chris Wolf did all her usual kind of stuff, her howling and her her, her dive and all that. It was, just, you know, it was it was a fun pre-made event uh, comedy three-way. I uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't think it was even that that much comedy in it. I mean, there's a little bit here and there, but it was for the most part uh, just a good match more than anything. Yeah, but they did a lot of they did a lot of Trent stuff in there, you know. Well, yeah, uh, aside uh, from the fair, Trent, they made Trent ref stuff. They made they made Trent earn his paychecks. They were like, okay, we'll, we'll keep you on the show, but if you're not if you're not properly wrestling, God, he was he was jumping around there all night. But um, uh, yeah, LJ retained. Uh, God, LJ is mega over, isn't he? He's the he's really. He is. He is. Um, Something's I tell you, the here. the the contenders, the contenders project, for lack of a better term, has really paid dividends for them. Uh, more than hype, LJ. You look at the pop for like sexy, like he was a guy that people actually cared to to see show up in the Tivoli. Um, I think I think the I think the the what they're doing with the next crop of guys is just fantastic. Um, uh, so that was that. So LJ, the LJ train rolls on, and that brought us to the main event: Walter and Loki versus uh, David Starr and Jordan Devlin. Uh, so uh, even having seen Walter, I think four times earlier this year in Germany. Uh, seeing him in the Tivoli was so great. It's something that I've been waiting for, for forever. Um, his presence is just unbelievable. And also, it was a much smaller venue. Uh, 
the Tivoli is much smaller than where we were for 16 carat, way more intimate. Mm. So seeing him in person was was fantastic and low key. It was just I I that was one thing I was kind of so excited about Walter and the, and the Walter Devlin interactions that it, it just kind of hit me on Saturday when I was in the building. I was like, see it fucking low key, low key, man. The guy, the, the guy who like is a massive influencer on the very style of indie wrestling that, that, that is, is the in thing these days. Um, you know, that was, that was, that was really cool. And seeing him in there was great. Uh, Devlin and star who appear to, have like legitimately hit it off as great pals when star was over last year. Um, they did a, a kind of Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta style thing where they're like best buddies. They came out holding hands. Uh, they came out to, we belong by, uh, um, Holy shit. What is the name of the artist? Pat Benatar. Yeah. Anyway, they came out to we belong, which was great. They did a, a, a sort of dual version of David Starr's uh, entrance with all the nicknames. That was very cute. That was very, very cute. People popped to use for the, the Bernie Sanders of pro wrestling and the Michael D. Higgins Michael of pro D. wrestling. Michael D. Chant, a, a, of course. A Michael D. Chant. Yeah, it was great. And I remember like watching that interview going, I was, I was so excited for the match. And I loved I loved their entrance because the song was great and the intro was great. And I was like, oh, you know, I wonder if that's, you know, that's a than I thought they were going for because Walter's so big and scary and Loki's so scary. I was like, I wonder if this is going to be more like comedy-based, like the Keith Lee match from Contenders. And it absolutely wasn't. So once the match got started, it was all business and, I, and there is just so much to say about this match. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a number of moving parts. First of all, David Starr and Walter is the big touring match currently. They've had matches all over the place. Um, uh, Beyond Progress, Fight Club, Defiant... Uh, WXW obviously um, and, and the story is that Star cannot beat Walter Walter is this force of nature Walter is indie Brock Lesnar and I mean that in the best possible way take away take away most of the negatives about Brock Lesnar and you have Walter uh, and Star is like this uh, sort of plucky underdog and so Star having wrestled Walter a hundred times every time he gets in there he's going a hundred miles an hour trying to dodge the chops and I think the 90% of David Starr's offense was throwing the hardest lariats possible at the side of Walter's head, trying to kill him. <laughs> um, they were mad. He was, and it's like, Walter does this thing where he teases the chop for a while. The guy always dodges the first couple of chops yeah. and then he, and then he hits the first chop a couple of minutes in and everyone oh. goes crazy. David Starr is clubbing this man in the head as hard as possible. And again, I just lo- I haven't watched all their matches, but I've seen a few of them and they're great. But I love that it's just it's a little it's a little continuation of the story. Like Starr is now desperate and trying to kill the man immediately as soon as the match starts. Um, and of course, once Walter gets going, he is a force of nature. I mean, Paul, what did you th- what did you think of Walter in, in this match? Well, I mentioned I don't remember whether we were recording or not, but I mentioned to you that. Um after my first kind of Walter experience, he's someone that I would pay to see specifically just him on the show. You know, if you, if you, okay, I, I'm, I'm not going to this next OTT, but you know, in the future when I have money for it, they announce Walter on an OTT. I will be there. That's enough for me. That's, that sells me a show that he'll be there because he's, he's an attraction Uh. in the, kind of purest sense of it and um and the thing about walter as well is i mean obviously so he does this thing where he's he has the hardest chops in wrestling and they are oh yes live especially i mean more so than than that 16 carat in this building 
when people when he does these chops, it's not like when like who's another good chopper like Roderick Strong. So like it's not like when you see Roderick Strong wrestle and you go woo, when he does a chopper, you go oh he just did chop. People recoil in horror when Walter chops a person. They recoil in horror when he's on offense. And that's why the Brock Lesnar comparison is apt. He's bigger than everyone else. He's legitimately scarier than everyone else. And you think he will kill a man in the match. And the good thing about him is, we referenced the star lariats, he will take as good as he will give. Because he was getting killed in this match just as hard as he was killing people. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I mentioned the, the sort of nuance of, um, you know, star trying to kill him every time jordan tagged in and he was up against loki he was always he was doing a move and then he was looking over his shoulder and he was doing a move and he was looking over his shoulder and people were like he's fucking he's fucking looking at walter they're gonna do a thing they're gonna do a thing and do a thing where they fight it's gonna be great and sure enough eventually star tags devlin loki tags walter they get in the ring for the first time and a, a Dan Barry-esque pop for, for, the, for the Walter Devlin exchange. One of those great moments where it's just like everyone knows these are the two motherfuckers. These are the two baddest in the world. You know, in, 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 the, in this audience's eyes, Devlin is, is, the be- is uh, uh, you know, one of the best in the world. And, the, and everyone's just had their minds blown by Walter. Um, and and their, their interactions were, were quality. Um, and the story of this match, just to continue the, the Brock Lesnar comparisons, I let it wasn't as one-sided, but this was kind of a Lesnar Cena SummerSlam-esque thing, where essentially the lads just had no answer for Walter at all. Devin was like chopping him and, and, and forearming him, and Walter was Walter would just throw us a a, a, a chop, and Devin would go down in like a ton of bricks. Um, at one point again. Just all little things. He chops him, Devlin goes down, and Walter does a belt motion like I'm I'm coming for the belt. And that got a massive pop. Just him <clears throat> him chopping the guy and then I I have you in the palm of my hand and oh by the way, I'm looking at your belt. You know, that got everyone going. Um and so the finish uh saw um basically uh Walter just has Devlin down. He stands over him and he starts clubbing his chest, kind of like Seamus's uh, move. But again, the the sound of the flesh uh, smacking, and then he locks him in this disgusting-looking uh, uh, chokehold. Um, and Devlin taps out. Devlin's first loss on a on a main OTT show since I think August 2016. Um, and the crowd was was shocked. Um, it was it was unbelievable. And um, yeah, it was it was uh, the right call, especially knowing that he's coming back next month. I mean, that was the that was the perfect finish. I thought. I'm surprised. I, I guess they didn't need it ultimately, but I'm surprised they've not announced whether or not they're doing Walter Devlin at the next show. Yeah, I'm wondering if you know. I'm I mean, wondering they if they like hold if they hold it out for maybe the stadium. I think that would be a massive mistake, but but the thing is, the thing is, it's OTT, so they are liable to do things like, "Folks, you wanted it. It's Jordan Devlin versus Walter versus Angelico." Um, no, I I would wonder if you just keep of... keep them separate at the next show, like just have them in two separate matches, and then maybe Jordan gets a win in the main event against whoever, and Walter just will come out and stare him down from the stage or something. 
yeah, I don't know. That's 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 it. I, I I had just assumed it was it was on the next show. Um, Maybe the that's what they'll do. Maybe that's what they'll do. Hmm. Walter is a, a mass a massive um, <laughs> uh, in demand yeah. guy, uh, and also is a, a full time employee at the WXW like school. Sure. Um. So I don't know that they. I mean, they've actually because they they said OT have said like they've been trying to get Walter forever. You know what I mean? They're like mm. it's it's just so hard to to get him, and it's it's so it worked out perfectly that they did. We're we're getting him, and we're getting him for two shows in a row, because then you can do the thing that they really don't do enough of, which is a guy beats Devlin to set up a match. Yeah. But um, I'm just surprised that they haven't announced it yet. If that's what they're doing. Yeah, I think I think they'll announce it like middle of this week, just to. To, you know, tickets went on sale today. Give it a bump there in the middle of the week. I think this one might sell out. First TV sell out in a while, but um, yeah, that match, I that has this. I'll just say it right now. That has the potential to be the best match in OTT history. I'll say that right now. If that happens in the Tivoli, Devlin versus Walter, that that could potentially be the best match in company history. Absolutely. Um. Uh. So so yeah, I just I loved everything about the main event. You might notice we didn't reference Loki a lot. I thought he was cool. He did a lot of his trademark stuff. He did a, a great spot where he, um, uh, Devlin and Star tried to slingshot him into the corner. He landed on the top rope and hit them both with a double stomp. He was great. He he was definitely the fourth man in this match. He was great, but this was this uh, was thought, the Valter show, unfortunately. It was it was the Valter show, and it felt like like not only like it felt like the, both Jordan and Star had stories with with Walter even though it was Jordan's first time ever squaring up against him it was like it, it was great and and, and Loki was kind of just it was like oh hey it's cool it's Loki and he did his stuff and he was great it's not to knock him at all but he was he was definitely um uh, you know the he was not the the talking point um yeah god i just yeah i just loved the little things like i just loved Again, we were talking about how great the Tivoli is. The, the little gasp everyone did when he motioned, he did the belt motion. It was just like, oh, everyone's so into it. It's so great. Well, it was like they did, they did it like, oh, you got served no, mo- sound when he when he did that. It was great. Um, so anyway, um, uh, incredible stuff. And again, it just it, it felt like the baby faces were just torn apart by this force of nature. You know what I mean? This yeah. larger than life presence. Um and that concludes uh, that show. Um, what do you think? In one of the better Tivoli shows you've seen? Uh, yeah, I would say in part though to the crowd more so than the, sh- more so than the show. I think the show is very good. Um, again, no real, uh, no real stinkers on there. Uh, although the the Rapture match came came a bit close. Um, and yeah, a lot of stuff that was like truly memorable the dan barry stuff the angel cruz <laughs> three stages of hell match um trent seven being vincent man uh Walter seeing him for the first time like lots of stuff that i'll not quickly forget from this show even if a lot of it's felt it more like set up for an eventual destination than being itself any kind of resolution it was still a very good show definitely towards the top end of experiences i've had the tivoli or or elsewhere so um oh that was a long one i think it's one of the longer ott reviews we've done for tivoli son of a bitch uh, barry i said 15 minutes 
I know, I know. I tell you what, though, that's that's a good thing though, because I think it was a newsworthy show, and I actually don't think Scrappermania was. Well, that was a, that was a one of our main complaints about Scrappermania was that it was not mm. very newsworthy. <laughs> this one was, so and also we. We, we, we praised how much better the stadium shows gotten. We said Scrapmania was one of the best. We said it was a fantastic OTT show. But you look at these shows back to back and it's just like, you can't, you can't touch the Tivoli. You just can't. You can't beat it. In terms of not only the building, but also the way they approach those shows. It's just, it's just a different... But like Scrapmania, I think, is almost more like the WWE show where it has, it has to appeal to so much more people. And you have to have your... You know, your Minoru Suzuki and your Young Bucks, you know. Whereas at Tivoli, I think they can be a bit more crazy. They can be a bit more unique, you know. You can hear Be Cool's comments, whereas in the stadium you really can't. Stadium is 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 is, is, is almost like a show for a different audience. Not, not that that's a bad thing, but it almost feels, looking back at the stadium shows, that they're, they don't always feel truly OTT in the way that those Tivoli shows do. Hmm. Hmm. And there's something for you listeners to ponder. <laughs> That's for you to chew on. Um, so yeah, um, next um. month, Speedball and Helico Yinny, the session moth, Trent Seven, Jordan Devlin, and the Ring General Volta. Uh no matches announced yet, but uh you know, uh, a healthy looking card there. So we'll be back. Uh I'll be back presumably with a live report. Paul, what, what t- we might do actually, rather than doing, I say can, what I can talk to you about it. Is that right? What I what I what I was gonna say was rather than me doing a live report and then you saying, "Oh, I watched the VOD," maybe we, I won't talk about it in depth, and I'll just wait for you to watch the VOD, and we can have a live versus tape uh, All right. uh, chat about it. We'll do that. Um, as a, yeah. But yeah, uh, so anyway, if you enjoyed this show, do subscribe to the show. You can listen to the regular Chair Shop podcast uh, where we talk about... I was going to say we talk about other wrestling stuff. There has been a, barely any of that. Last week, you and Joe talked for about 10 minutes about wrestling. Um, and then a lot of other like football and, and you know movie and TV golf and all that stuff. So if you want to hear just a really fun podcast with some wrestling fans uh, and some wrestling sprinkled in there, you can check out the Chair Shop podcast. And of course, come back for more OTT reviews in the near future. So yeah. uh, in the meantime, it is goodbye from Barry Murphy. It is goodbye from Paul Griffin. Goodbye. And we will see you uh, next time. <laughs> <laughs>